It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group. And all new this week, we now have a Discord server that you can join. All right, this week's episode, El Chupacabra. Hell yeah. The Chupacabra, man. This is a big one. I remember hearing so much about this when I was younger and stuff and being very familiar with it growing up. You know what I mean? I feel like it was all over the news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that really surprised me looking into this one is that this is a fairly recent one. Like it was, uh, I guess, the big deal in 1995, which most of the stuff we look at has roots that go back much, much farther than that. Even, you know, sometimes thousands of years. This one is fairly recent. It's like the newest cryptid. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of cool. And I, I know I say this often about some of these cases, but like it's a reoccurring theme for me at least. Uh, Cause ever since starting doing this podcast, I mean, there's a lot of these cases I thought I knew plenty about, but it turns out, holy crap, I didn't know hardly half of it even, you know, like this is one of those ones, Chupacabra. I thought I was pretty up on, on par with this one. Like as far as knowing, you know, a lot about it, but it turns out, no, after I started doing that research, man, like, you know, this, this thing is, is way bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. It, there's, yeah, it's, Pretty, pretty extensive. But before we get into this case, we have some uh, some cool stories. I finally got, like, I, hey, I said I would, and I got to some of these letters that have been sent in to theprotonmail.com. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah, again, apologies for being late responding to some of these, but um, I've been doing some things behind the scenes trying to get us ready to start an LLC for the podcast, which... Being an actual company will give us more flexibility in certain areas, like buying new equipment, maybe taking some pod trips in different places, stuff like that. You know, it'd be going to a going to a convention or two. Yeah, how cool would that Hell be? Yeah. Right. That that's one of those things I'm I'm most excited about because it just you get to meet all sorts of cool people and have you know conversations about a lot of this stuff that you don't really necessarily always get to talk to people in person with. You know what I mean? Yeah. About. Yeah, the I've been to one. I went to Alien Con in Los Angeles in I think 2019 or something, and um and then uh they shut everything down after that. So I you know haven't been since. Yeah, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely I would definitely like to go again. And what I would like to do actually, it'd be really cool to rent out a table in like the merchant area, not even to sell stuff, but just to kind of like promote the show. I, I don't know. You could like meet people and. Yeah. You know, introduce, because not that many people have heard of us, you know, we're a fairly small show. So it'd be kind of cool just to get the word out there. That'd be a really effective way, I think. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. I want to go. I know. Can I come too? Sure. Hell yeah. Everybody's welcome. We all, we all got to go. And they don't, it's not just that one, actually. They have a couple different ones. Like there's also contact in the desert and there's, oh yeah, I don't know. There's a few of them. I'd have to look it up again. I don't remember all of them, but besides the major conventions, there's also a lot of smaller things. You know, I, I almost, I almost kind of feel like the smaller ones might be more fun. You know, like yeah, I don't know, you might be, you might be able to meet some more, more genuine people or whatever. You know, like most areas that had some sort of case, like for example, the Mothman. There's a yearly Mothman festival. You know, there's oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those all over the place, and those would be a lot of fun to go see as well. 
Man, ever since that episode, sometimes I just pull up that picture of the uh, the Mothman <laughs> statue. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm looking at it from a certain angle, to be honest, but like a other angle, I got some abs. I know, it's dude. some nice abs, dude. You, you know, what's funny <laughs> is I'll be doing research for another show or another cryptid, and then it'll mention the Mothman. And before, I didn't even know what the Mothman was. And now I'm like, hey, I know <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just as a reminder, anybody who wants to look at that statue, they have a live webcam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do they? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. They do. <laughs> Which, it still blows my mind. Why would you have a webcam pointed at a statue? <laughs> hey, somebody thought it was a good idea. Maybe yeah, they thought that statue might come to life or something, gain uh, self-awareness. Yeah. It's, it's, I could see if there's like the Histol and Lights, they have those webcams you can look at. That are, or Loch Ness. You know, or whatever. Yeah, to actually mm-hmm. see something. But like a statue? Okay. Well, it is a sexy mm-hmm. statue, but still, you know. <laughs> God damn that ass, though. <laughs> and those abs. <laughs> All right. Let's get to some of these listener letters. Yeah, we got some really cool letters. Um, I'm not mentioning all of them. Some people just kind of wrote in and said, hey, what's up? Kind of a thing. And we appreciate those Appreciate those as well. But some of these um, are really cool, like, sightings or opinions that I want to read on the air. So if you send us something in and you don't want it read on the air, then make sure you tell us, because I kind of just assume that if you're writing into us, then it's sort of something that you want us to say on the show. So if it's just uh, just a personal thing, say, hey, this is my experience, please don't share it, then let me know, okay? And if you send something in, I might edit it a little bit to kind of shorten it, or to improve some grammar, some typos, or maybe to hide some personal information, because that way you're not personally identifiable. Just, you know, it can never be too safe, right? Mm-hmm. All right, here's the first letter I have for you today. The place was redacted, which, by the way, this redacted place, I've actually driven through before, but I'm not going to say where it was. I can't remember the specific day, but it was about 10 p.m. I was visiting my grandmother's for a family reunion. The house was located on a farm with the nearest neighbor and main road about five miles away. Very quiet and dark at night. The family was asleep in the bedrooms, and my brother and I were sleeping on the floor in the living room. It was pretty much pitch black, with the only light coming from the green digital clock on the VCR. My brother and I VCR, couldn't sleep. That's, that's old school. I know, that is old school. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. My brother and I couldn't sleep, so we were just talking quietly about random stuff. All of a sudden, there was a blinding white light at the front windows. It illuminated the entire living room, and even though the clo- oh, and even through, um, yeah, sorry, my bad. It illuminated the entire living room, even through the closed curtains. We sat there speechless as the light sat there completely motionless for about a minute. Then it turned a very deep purple color and began to move in what seemed like perfect circles. Both of us were scared and dared not move. The purple light continued to move in circles and began to emit a deep rumbling sound that wasn't very loud but could be clearly heard by both of us. This went on for about 30 seconds until the rumbling stopped turned back to a white light, and shot straight up toward the roof at an insane speed. We Hmm. conjured up the courage to get up and take a peek through the curtains. We saw nothing but the light from the stars and the quarter moon. Up until this day, I and my brother are the only ones who know about this. 
we figured it was pointless to tell anyone as they would most likely just laugh it off. Well, I'm not laughing over here. That's a really interesting story. I've oh, never yeah. seen anything like that, but it's yeah, it's definitely unusual. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, if something like that happened to me, man, I, I would never forget. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it, it's not like your usual like flying saucer type thing. It's not like, you know, like an alien, like a gray. It's just, it was like, like a light, like an orb or something. That's really, that's really weird. Mm-hmm. All right, next up. So we have a listener from India. And um, I don't know if they want me to say their name. So I'm going to go ahead and withhold their name. But Redacted. Yeah, redacted. But I thought it was like really cool, really, really cool that we have a listener from India at all, right? Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's pretty awesome. So, hey, thanks for listening. All the way from India. That's so cool. But anyways, um, I, had, I had a conversation. They initially wrote to me about, um, I think it was the pyramids. And we were kind of writing back and forth a little bit. And I wanted their opinion because uh, if you watch certain TV shows, like let's say Ancient Aliens, for example, they'll often talk about the um, the Mahabharata and the Ramayana, and they'll mm-hmm. say how those uh, works. Those are those are Indian writings. Um, I don't know how old they are exactly. I forget, but they're really old, and that you know they tell a lot of stories. In a lot of these shows, they'll say, "Okay, well, this is uh, evidence of you know ancient aliens visiting us," basically. And this is always like Westerners saying this. So I was really curious to see what somebody from India thought. Like, is this something that Westerners made up? Or do people from India think that this is a possibility as well? I just, you know, I, I don't run into people from India all that often. And um, even when I do, I mean, I do, because I live in a very touristy area. So once in a while, I do run into somebody from India. But uh, it's, I never really asked them about, you know, what their opinion is on ancient aliens because that'd be kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah. hey, well, I know hey, you're enjoying the wine, but... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I live in uh, Sonoma County where um, we have some of the best wineries in the world, so a lot of people come here for the wine. But uh, yeah, so I, I basically, that's what I asked them. I said, you know, what, what do you think about this? Is this something that Westerners made up or whatever? So here's what they wrote back. They said... Thank you for the wonderful response, and I'm glad you already know so much about Ramayana, or not, Ram, Ramayana, sorry. I apologize in advance for pronunciations, <laughs> because, um, yeah, you know, if you listen to this show, you already know that we're not great at pronouncing stuff, and uh, there are some uh, Indian Indian names in here, so there you go. About uh, So anyways, um, I, I am glad you already know so much about Rama, Ramayana and Mahabharata, I have read Ramayana and Mahabharata myself. They mention visitors from different lokas or planets. E.g., there's this god named Narada who does interstellar travel and pays a visit to Earth often. The nine planets are worshipped and ancient Indian astronomers could predict many celestial phenomena accurately. There was this famous Indian mathematician named um, Ramanujan. R-A-M-A-N-U-J-A-N, Ramanujan, who later on went to Cambridge to work on some of the most unintuitive works and advanced, uh, unintuitive? Maybe they mean intuitive. Um, yeah, it's probably a bad translation. Who later, uh, later on went to Cambridge to work on some of the most intuitive works and advanced mathematics. In small villages and countries, they believe, and this math- mathematician claimed that a goddess deity taught him math. Who was this goddess? Why did he make such a claim? Was he abducted? Not known. 
but there's a section of educated people who do believe that he had access to visitors from space. My father is a voracious reader and has worked extensively on ancient history of India. He believes that there's pos- that there is a possibility of alien visits during those times. Over time, things have taken shape of stories, fables, gods, and goddesses, and most Indians have not gone beyond rituals in questioning who they were or even acknowledging what the ancient texts mean. You would see the link below which talks about some caves in the deep jungles of central India where they have found 10,000-year-old paintings of UFOs. This news is from mainstream media. And the article link, I can't really read it because it's, you know, one of those web links that would be like a bunch of characters long and it'd be hard to type out. But if you want to Google this, it's, the title of the article is 10,000-year-old um, uh, rock paintings depicting aliens and UFOs found in uh, Chatsigar, uh, C-H-A-T-T-I-S-G-A-R-H, um, by Rashmi Drolia. That's R-A-S-H-M-I-D-R-O-L-I-A. That's the author. And the publication is The Times of India. If you just Google that, then I'm sure it'll pop right up. Or it, you could send me the link and I could post it. Oh, yeah. That might be a little easier. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> check, check it out. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the article talks about these cave paintings and it shows some of them. And there are some really weird pictures. For example, there are some beings that look kind of like gray aliens. Not entirely, but they don't look like people either. And there's one of the paintings they show that looks like a UFO. It's it's the strangest thing. Like I don't know what to make of it. Maybe it's mm-hmm. uh, maybe there was a deer that had a saucer shape, and they, that's what they're painting. I don't know, but well, but I, I think just just that area of the world is is an important area to pay attention to when you're thinking about like ancient uh, knowledge. I guess you could say, you know, yeah, because it, it appears from what I understand. That like the last ice age, uh, the the younger Dryas era, whatever uh, began and ended that short uh, but very intense ice age, didn't seem to affect that area of the the of the world as bad as others. So, right, um, it's likely that any religions or uh, cultures, you know, any traditions in that area, have a much better chance of of standing the test of time and, and you know, being still around nowadays. You know. Yeah, and we talked about this on a previous episode way, way back. I think it was episode three um, when we talked about Gobekli Tepe. But okay, yeah. the uh, I think that was like a 2,000-year-old ice age. I mean, it lasted 2,000 years, and it pretty much decimated North America, but it didn't necessarily do that in the rest of the world. But Well, there's... There's there's uh, evidence for like um, meteorite impacts like across like North America, Europe, and, and trailing into like the Middle East. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that they they hit anywhere around there. I don't think right. And it's also just beyond that. It's also just one of the oldest cultures on the planet. You know, and I, oh, I don't yeah. know the I don't Absolutely. know the dates. I'm I'm kind of a dummy, <laughs> but from what I understand, it is one of the older cultures on the planet. So they, you know, they've been around a, a long time. So there's going to be some really cool stuff there just by, you know, just by the virtue of that alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're, I mean, in that area of the world, just they're, they're constantly finding new, like ancient, like uh Hindu related, like uh not like structures, but also artifacts um, that are buried in, in like pretty deep sediment that like, they they must have been there for longer than we. I mean, 
most archaeologists would probably like uh, admit, you know what I mean? Like they've been there for quite some time to, because of like the, you know, how deep that they were found. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, I, don't know, I find it pretty damn interesting. I don't know a ton about it, but it's one of those ones on my bucket list that I definitely want to do a deep dive on someday, you know? Yeah. All right. And to finish up this letter, uh, Brahmand or the universe is very much a concept and it's very normal for some of the educated Indians to believe gods and goddesses travel through space-time and visit us from time to time. How they choose to name them is up to them. They mention many intelligent life forms and ancient texts. Nagas, Dyatyas, the Divas, the Asuras, Yakshas, Aspara, Danavas, I know, right? (laughs) Rakshasas, and many others. Not only alien life, we had a thorough link with those aliens, and many in India believe so. All right, well, thanks a lot. Like, I, I really, really super appreciate that because, you know, we don't really get exposed to Indian culture all that much, even though we may talk about it from time to time. So I find it highly interesting to hear the opinion of somebody who's actually from India rather than some Westerner saying what Indians believe, because to me, that just doesn't hold very much credit, you know? I'm kind of having this aha moment too, though, Uh because I'm a member of several groups on Facebook, and some of them are kind of like an ancient alien thing, Uh but they talk about these gods and goddesses in outer space. And I think from my point of view, being a Westerner, I'm just like, wow, I don't, I don't understand this. And I assume it's Americans who are posting these things, but Mm -hmm. now it you know, I suddenly realized it's probably people from all over the world, all different cultures. Yeah. You know, and this sounds very familiar now when I think about the types of things I've been reading. Yeah. And there's actually, so I've actually read the the Ramayana and the Mahabharata many, many years ago, but um, they're, so they're English translations. And from what I understand, they are very, very abridged from the actual texts and uh, so it's probably, you know, not the whole story. It's probably just very small parts of the story. But one thing that really surprised me when I read it was just how much like those stories have traveled around the world in various forms. For example, Star Wars, just as a random example, Star Wars borrows pretty heavily on Indian, on these Indian stories. I don't know if, uh, if you'd call it mythology. I'm not, uh, they're, I guess they're generally referred to as epics. But um, however you want to refer to these Indian stories, I mean, they've permeated the culture of not just India, but many places around the world. So if you ever get a chance, I would definitely, you know, to our listeners, you get a chance, check out some translation of these in your language. They're really interesting stories. I remember I tried. I tried with with, uh, Gusto to read, but I just, I couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to. It was for a class. Like, right, I remember. <laughs> yeah. But uh, not that that's a bad thing, but it's, you know, they're interesting stories and I do recommend them. All right. So we also, we also had other letters that, um, you know, I won't read them specifically, but somebody was talking about that AMC dealership, which I thought was really cool. You know, like they drove by it and then there was somebody recommended I check out the Avro Canada CF 105 Arrow. They said that it's really cool. Haven't had a chance to do that yet, but I definitely intend to. And a bunch of other letters. Sorry if I'm not using your guys' names, but um, I don't know if you fellas, uh, guys and gals who are writing into me, I don't know if you want me using your name on the air. You didn't say one or the other, so I'm going to keep it anonymous for now unless you let me know specifically. And speaking of, um, sort of a, I don't know if it makes a good segue or not, but I've actually finally gotten around to setting up a Discord server. That's one of the things I was doing this week. 
surprisingly took uh, less work than I thought it would. I was worried it would be, you know, a whole big project, but nope, just a couple of quick buttons. So I guess there you go, but it's ready to go. I will put a link in this week's episode and probably all episodes going forward and maybe uh, have Agent Ether share some links on, um, on Facebook. So far, there's not a whole lot going on in there. Got a couple people in there, but it's uh, pretty quiet because we just started it up. Uh, but if you want to join up, come and, ha- uh, come and hang out, have a chat, and say hello. Uh, could be a cool place to hang out and talk conspiracies or whatever, you know? So that's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the letter, and that's the, I wanted to mention the Discord. And all right, I think we are ready to start in with this week's topic. I got, Let's go. I got, I got another segue for you guys. All right. So, um, I used to know this lady that we called a uh, goat sucker, you know, I know that like, you know, the <laughs> translation to, you know, from Chupacabra is like, uh, not exactly goat sucker, but, um, no, it is she, I, actually, well, I know, but it, it's not like a goat sucker though. Right. It means to suck goat or something like that. Right. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it translates, but, uh, Chupa means to suck and Capra means goat. Yeah. I think it's Chupar with an R Chupar. Do you roll that? I don't Chupar. know. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, so anyways, yeah. I mean, she didn't suck goats, but the goat standing for greatest of all time. I mean, you, you put the rest together. I don't need to, I'll, I'll give you more credit, you know, than, than having to spell it out for you, but she's a great, she's a great person. Yeah. I don't think it's that kind of show, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> One thing I found interesting about the, the Chupacabra is that it's, I can't think of anything else that's named after its victim and not after what it looks like or whatever, you know, like oh, the I moth, didn't think about that. Mothman looks like a moth, you know, Bigfoot looks like a Bigfoot, you know, it locked yeah. ass monster looks like a, a big fish. That's apparently monstrous. <laughs> she looks like <laughs> messy. This one looks nothing like, <laughs> like a goat or, a, you know, or it's weird. Like, so this was apparently named by like a comedian or something, but it's right, a fun it name. Coined as a joke or something. Yeah. It's a fun name because you could kind of, if it attacked a dog, I, look, I looked up some, I have Google Translate on my computer, so I looked up some words. And if it attacked a dog, it would apparently be a, uh, a chupa pedal. If it, uh, <laughs> if, it liked, if it liked attacking, uh, you know, coffee, it'd be chupa cafe. Well, that's not that interesting, I suppose. How about a... A chupa serpiente, that'd be, you know, if it attacked snakes. And if it liked to attack, I don't know, um, penne pasta, it'd be el chupa penne, you know, which is... Yeah, uh, so, if it, so if it attacked uh, buttholes, it'd be uh, uh, chupa, chupa culo? Uh, is, that, is that butthole? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. Do you know other Spanish words or just bad ones? Uh, oh, they're all horrible ones. That, I, don't, I don't know anything worth worthwhile, really. That Cypress Hill song makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> There's actually a, a ufologist, Jorge Martin, and he wanted to coin the phrase EBOS, which is a Spanish acronym for alien biological entity, but for some reason it never oh. caught on. Hmm. It's not as catchy, dude. No, like it's really not. You know? <laughs> yeah, Chupacabra, Chupacabra is super catchy. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to forget that one. Yeah, I mean, there's been songs made about Chupacabra. You know, like like, like there's a lot of people that have really like a there's a whole culture around Chupacabra now. You know, it's, yeah. know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's just kind of got a ring to it. You know, I think that's why it caught on. Yeah, it's infiltrated our culture like any other cryptid. Yeah, 
So the the first sighting, well, it's not like the first sighting, but it's kind of like the first sighting where they started calling it the Chupacabra. That was, I think I said earlier, it was in Puerto Rico in 1995. And just as an aside, like we try to avoid politics on this show. So I'm not going to go into, you know, too much on this, but I just want to say, make it a goddamn state already. We need 51. All right. (laughs) And if you're on the fence about this, you're not sure if we want to make that leap because, you know, it like the number of stars on the flag, they won't fit evenly or whatever. All I have to say to that is, have you seen Puerto Ricans? The women are beautiful. The men are beautiful. They're an amazing people. We need them in our union. Okay, guys, Wor- let's do it already. Worth it. If they want to be, then it's worth it. I yeah, heard it's a it. cool place to retire too. Very beautiful. Is it? I don't know. I've never been there, but I mean, that would be a cool place to visit, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. So anyways, I think I think we mentioned uh, the, okay, so the name of the, it comes from the creature's tendency to suck blood from goats. And by goat, I don't mean Brendan Schaub. Uh, <laughs> you mean, you mean. <laughs> What? You mean Ar- <laughs> you mean Artem Lobov? Oh, sorry. I was just seeing if ETA was paying attention on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that hey, that that guy Brandon Shaw actually he he is a he he has done some good works recently. Supposedly, like uh, lately, I guess he he saved like some kids out of a crashed car on the freeway. Like the I don't know, it was, it was a whole like ordeal or something. But huh. he was driving by and he he uh, didn't think twice about helping. I gotta respect him for that. Oh, good for yeah, good for him, man. No, he seems like if you're not familiar with who that is, is uh, he used to be um a heavyweight UFC fighter, and uh, no, I'm not trying to knock him or anything. It's just um he he had a, his career was kind of cut short. He didn't he had he seemed to have a lot of potential, but he had a bad loss. Uh, he got knocked out real bad, and then he retired kind of early. You know, a lot earlier than most people do. So that's just uh you know, and I, I was just sort of poking fun at ETA there because he's a huge MMA nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually thinking thinking about starting an MMA podcast just to rant and rave about it. Yeah, actually, before we start, before we hit the record button today, we start. We spent about 15 minutes ranting and raving about, uh, you know, UFC type stuff. We were talking about um, about uh, Volkanovski. Patty, oh yeah, I, I was I, I was thinking about Patty the Batty Pimlet, who's making his uh, UFC debut this weekend. Actually, yeah, I'm as kind, we're, uh, at the time excited. of this recording. Yeah, I'm a little excited about that. I don't think I can yeah. actually watch it live, but I might catch the replay. Yeah, I won't be able to either because I'll, I'll be at work. But yeah, I'll, I'll catch it. Yeah, when I can. Yeah, it should be a good one though. Hopefully, I mean, you never know. You never know. We're talking about uh, if you're not aware of who that is, we're talking about him also because I I I saw in some forums that uh, people were saying his haircut looked like crap, and I looked him up because I'm not really that familiar with the guy. It's like, dude, this guy's haircut looks amazing. Like, I actually kind of like his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like a bowl cut, like yeah. a, like an English, like like just think about like the the early Beatles, how they had like those bowl cuts, but like a little a little bit longer in the back though, like the you know the, the heavy bangs, long bangs in the front and stuff. And but uh, it, it's a very I don't know for some reason I, I feel it's a very British haircut. It fits him very well. Yeah, but like he he's got like a, I don't know if it's like a Liverpool accent or. Like he's always, he's always saying like, you know what I mean? Lad, like he, like lads, like one of the other, every other word, you know, like, right. <laughs> I, I enjoy the guy's character. He just seems like a fun dude, you know? Yeah. And, and he's a good fighter too. So we'll, we'll see what he can do in the UFC, man. It'll be exciting. Yeah. Young dude, tons of potential. It'll be fun to see what he's able to accomplish. Hopefully he doesn't fizzle out. You know, I think he's got a lot of potential, but all right, let's yeah. get back to El Chupacabra. Yeah. The goat sucker. Yeah. You mentioned that there was a wave in 95, but. There were also sightings in 1970. 
Right. And also, before the main sightings in 1995, there were some smaller incidences that are not really widely uh, reported. But would you like to talk about the 1970 events, Agent Ether? Sure. We have the Mocha Vampire, which was in a small town or village during the 1970s when animals were mysteriously being attacked. So ultimately, the claim was that there were alligators that had been introduced into the ecosystem, uh-huh. and they were actually mauling animals at the watering hole. And it was said the locals were apparently too, you know, stupid to realize they were alligators, which I think is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> well, allig- alligators have a very particular way of attacking and consuming their food. Yeah. You know? I mean, they, they usually pounce from cover and then drag them underwater, right? And then, do, I mean, they pretty much swallow them whole, right? I, I mean, I think you could summarize alligator attacks by saying they fuck shit up. And the <laughs> chup- chupacabra victims are pretty specific. They generally have one to three puncture wounds. They're missing all their mm-hmm. bloods and they have no other wounds. That's it. They just have like one puncture and they're yeah. dead, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you know so. that's that's kind of one of the cool things about this case too is there's a lot of photographic and and video uh, evidence you know to a support a lot of it. eyewitness and, accounts. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw a lot of pictures of like uh, the 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 carcasses of the victims, and and some of these I mean I'm not an expert on how you know carcasses decay or animals or not you know but some of it definitely looked very suspect. It looked weird as heck to me at least you know it's. I don't know, like, like like some of those puncture wounds. I don't know if, because I've heard some people, uh, you know, theorize that it could be like an insect that made that puncture wound even after the death. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, the blood I is gone, know. but it was an insect. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I yeah, love that blood. I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know, you know. But like, giant uh, mosquitoes. It, yeah, but some some of those bodies, uh, the carcasses, are are definitely suspect. I mean, they look weird, and there's there's a lot of similarities between between these. Uh, like the livestock and stuff that, that get attacked. I mean, so, some of those uh, injuries and the way that they the bodies end up, as far as the the way that the the farmers are describing it, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's I don't know if it's like a, a living animal that we already know about, but like it's it's weird as heck, dude. Like the the way that that some of these bodies end up, the the the, the state in which they end up, you know. Yeah, and here's the thing: like a lot of the skeptical analysis or whatever, let's say, oh, it was probably just okay, so a dog bit this goat on the neck and then just sort of ran off and then the goat died and that's why there's a puncture wound in there. And it's like, I guess, but here's the thing, dude. Most of these attacks were reported happened on like farms and these farmers, they're used to their animals being attacked and they have animals that die occasionally and they're, they, they're aware of what it looks like when coyotes attack and kill something or when you know, a dog bites a cow in the neck or whatever. Like these farmers, they're not idiots, you know, (laughs) they know their trade. So if they report something as being unusual, I tend to want to take them at their word that what they're reporting is truly unusual. Now, it's usually a rash of killings. It's not just one animal. It's like, yeah, I killed my cow and my sheep and eight of my chickens and a goat, like, you know, the list will just go on. And the farmers certainly aren't doing it themselves. That's their livelihood. Right. Yeah. yeah. There'd, there'd be no reason. Yeah. 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 They, they lose money on that. It'd be like, you know, if you own a grocery store and you just throw away half your groceries just because, you know, this, it's ridiculous. 
So going back to the 1970s, a lot of these sightings were actually in Texas. And I kind of found a Chupacabra timeline. And for some reason, they also called it a Chupa's timeline. Now, what did you say a Chupa was? Just a sucker? Yeah. In fact, there's a candy that's called Chupa Chups, I think, that are lollipops. Oh, all right, then. And uh, the reason this timeline is just called Chupas is because they're not quite sure what caused it. There were no actual sightings. It just describes kind of the carnage. So I have one from the early 70s in Brownsville, Texas. There was a rancher who found his bull dead and there was no blood around it. It was completely drained of blood and there were no tracks. That's one of the more common things reported is that the animals are dead and there's no tracks around them. If it was some sort of predator that had killed the thing, you would generally find some kind of tracks. You know? And blood. Yeah, and blood. If it was like a coyote, like coyotes don't have hypodermic needles in their mouths. You know, if they're going to kill something, they're going to rip it up pretty good. They don't just take one bite, leave one puncture mark, and then leave. One or two or three. Or three. Depending yeah. on the stories. Yeah. And we also have sightings in the mid-1970s in the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas And some people claim it was a condor because there were no tracks, as I said, but there were several mutilated cattle and the blood was removed to the last drop. Blood-sucking condors. Blood-sucking. And then this was a funny one. So this is 94. So this is before the rash of sightings in 95. This is in March. It's in Puerto Rico. And one Joyce Murphy reported that there were four to six Little greys found under the bed, and she chased them out of the house with a broom. (laughs) That's my personal favorite right there, I have to admit. (laughs) Because if I I found some weird-ass aliens or whatever creeping around under my bed or in my house, I would definitely grab them. That's the first thing I would do. I'd grab my broom and chew them. Sweep them out of the house like they're like some lost animal. (laughs) Get out of here, you little bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Suck my animals. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) They're just having a party under her bed, you know, just drinking martinis under there or something. She's like, hey, I see you little shits under there. Get out of there. (laughs) Infesting my house. (laughs) I love that one. It's so good. (laughs) So my point is there there were definitely sightings before 95, but 95 is where they really started to grow and kind of peak, I think. All right, to kind of segue into this wave of 95 sightings, I wanted to mention Salvador Frexedo. He was a member of the Jesuit order and a former Spanish Catholic priest. He's now a ufologist and researcher who's written several books about the relationship between religion and extraterrestrials. Uh, Puerto Rico, you know, it's a pretty small island, so you can hop in a car and drive from one side to the other in a matter of a couple hours, and that's exactly what he did. He would hop around and go to these different sites, and he was actually on site during the, the Mocha sightings, which were back in the 70s, and he found two ducks, three goats, a pair of geese, and a large hog were slain one morning on a small farm in the town. The owner was going, and I quote, insane, wondering who in the world could have visited this ruin upon him. And the animals, of course, would have the wounds that were typical of this type of attack. And they were done, and I quote, with incredible precision. I realized what was filling the animal's owner with wonder and fear. There wasn't a trace of blood. Hmm. That's pretty damn creepy. It is. It's very creepy. 
And I wanted to mention too, you know, in this case, wounds were found on the head into the cerebellum, hmm. which would cause an instant and painless slaying of the animal. Wow, interesting. Yeah, so instead of ripping at the throat, they'd come in through the through the brain. Now that's weird. Mm-hmm. Dang. I don't know what to make of that, but that uh that indicates a sign of intelligence because that shows knowledge of anatomy. That's not uh that's not something that like a satanic cultist would do because they would want to hurt the creature, not uh, save it from feeling pain. Well, some people think these are actually intelligent creatures. Yeah. And it wouldn't be just a predator. A predator is going to kill the thing as quickly as possible. They don't know anything about anatomy, so they're not going to do that. At the same time, it might be something that evolved naturally because you don't want your animal to be, uh, you know flailing about and stuff while you're trying to drink its blood. So if you kill it instantaneously, you're then able to very quickly drain it of all the good stuff. Yeah, I, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, if there's a predator <laughs> that's getting the blood, that might make sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if it's flailing around, you know, spraying his blood everywhere. I just realized that must be where it gets its nutrients from, right? It's not actually eating, like, the meat or the carcass. Like, yeah. it completely relies on on blood, yeah, that's. I guess it's got lots of vitamins and minerals, right? I don't know, because when you talk about like the vampire bats and stuff, don't they also eat insects? Uh, I don't actually. I don't know. Do they live off of pure blood? I don't know anything about I vampire bats. I don't know either. Now I kind of want to know. <laughs> Except I, I, apparently they eat goats and things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but that well, that's one of the possible explanations is vampire bats, but... Um, I don't know if I'm buying that one because they, uh, you know, they're not going to, if you have vampire bats attacking like a goat or a cow, you're not going to have just one bite mark, are you? You're going to have like a whole bunch of bite marks, right? It's just one mutant bat. Yeah, just one big giant mothman bat. Very efficient bat. He's everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not only does he forewarn of bridge collapses, he also sucks your pets dry. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have a rash of sightings through 95, uh, most of them in Puerto Rico. Uh, they're blamed in the death of dozens of turkeys, rabbits, goats, cats, dogs, and even horses and cows on November 19, 1995. A chubacabra was said to have ripped open the bedroom window of a house in the north central city of Cagaus, C-A-G-U-A-S, and it destroyed a stuffed teddy bear and left behind a puddle of slime. Oh, that's a sad hmm. story. It is. It's a really that sad story. Poor teddy bear. It was said to have yeah. hairy arms <laughs> and huge red eyes. Another attack came at 7 a.m. and it just showed up and poof, it vanished hmm. into thin air. Yeah, I haven't, uh, that's, I haven't seen any stories where he just vanishes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else I have. Uh, let's well, see. before you go a little further, let's talk a little bit about, in general, how this thing has been described by various witnesses. Are you sure? Because I have pages of sightings. Uh, yeah, we'll just break it up a little bit. Give me... Uh, oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I was going to talk a little bit about, just in general, I don't think we've said how the witnesses have really described this thing. So, some people say that it looks like a dog, or a reptile, or a bear, or an alien... Uh, But the most common description is a reptile-like creature with greenish-gray skin, 
sharp spines on its back, and it's three to four feet tall. And some people have even reported that it hops like a kangaroo, you know, and that it'll like stand on two feet and hop around and stuff, which is kind of strange. In one sighting, someone claimed that it hopped 20 feet. 20 feet, like straight up? Feet. No, like a kangaroo. Okay, so like kind of a, like from point A to point B. Yeah, okay. yeah 20 feet. 20 feet. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty respectable <laughs> hop there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hey, I didn't see it. Yeah. It's just what a witness reported. I wasn't there. But yeah, so other people report that it looks like a large ape or a monkey that can run on its legs and suck its prey's blood. Which I got to be honest, dude, if you think about like a monkey that can run and like attack and it's got fangs and it sucks your blood, that's kind of terrifying, dude, because monkeys are not to be trifled with. Well, even know? gorillas make me nervous. Like you're at the zoo and they have this really thick amount of glass between you and the gorilla and they come over and they're like banging on the glass like that's not a pleasant experience for me i experience like this deep profound fear <laughs> no one time i was at the zoo in san diego and so there's like a wild animal park and there's the zoo i forget which one this was but they have a, a gorilla enclosure and you can go down on like instead of looking down on the gorillas you can go like down some stairs and there's a thick piece of glass between you and the gorilla. And it's got this sign. It says, try not to look directly in the gorilla's eyes because they see that as a threat. So you're sort of looking at him out of the corner of your eyes, trying to watch him. So the gorilla is looking at me and he's like, he's kind of looking at me. He's just sort of chilling. Then he, uh, he was, uh, he was not next to the glass, right? He was a good distance away from the glass, maybe like 20 or 30 feet. He charged the glass and hit it with his hands in the blink of an eye. He covered that distance and I I cannot fully explain just how fast and agile this creature was for its size, because we're talking about like an 800 pound gorilla. This thing was huge. And in the blink of an eye, he covered 20 or 30 feet. He pounded on this glass and the whole thing just shivered like a drum. And I crapped my pants. Why I didn't crap my pants. But if I had the urge to go, I would have definitely crapped my pants. And then the, the gorilla just sort of like, you know, after I just, you know, probably, I probably screamed like a girl a little bit, you know, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then the gorilla just kind of wandered off a little bit. Dude, I think that gorilla was fucking with me because they're like bored, I guess, like all day long. They have nothing to do in this little enclosure. So I think it was messing with me, dude. It was, it was looking back on it. I'm like, dude, that was kind of cool that this gorilla was just kind of like playing with me and having fun. On the other hand, it was fucking terrifying, dude. Like if a gorilla wanted to, if they got their hands on you, dude, oh, dude, they would just rip you limb from limb. There'd be nothing you could do. You would have, you would stand zero chance against a gorilla. Nobody on this planet, no human on this planet would stand any chance against a gorilla. And I never fully appreciated that until I had that experience, just how strong, fast, and powerful these things really are. What, what about, you know, those guys who they pull those enormous amounts of weight? What are they called? Power lifters? Yeah, pow- or? No, 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 no. The guys, and they get like trucks and weight and tires, and then they're like pulling it. Athletes? No, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Strong. Strongman? Strongman. Strongman. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. How about those strongmen? You think they could stand up? No, 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 no. I'm uh, telling you, man, this maybe, thing covered maybe a maybe a mid-sized monkey, maybe, but I doubt it. Because even even like like monkeys are like their 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 muscles are so densely packed, like they're 
the amount of power that they're able to generate is pretty damn impressive too, more than us, you know? Yeah. No, it's just, yeah, it's just terrifying just how fast this thing was. Because mm-hmm. like I said, this was a big, 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 big gorilla. And it was so goddamn fast that if you're trying to run from it, you might as well be standing still. That's how fast it was. I was just, I was just awestruck at this thing's physical ability, you know? People also have described it as having like a forked tongue. Ooh. Have you read that? I did. And making like hissing and screeching sounds when they're like alarmed. <laughs> did you mention the red glowing eyes? In orange or orange. Orange eyes and yeah. the sulfur stench. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so some of the, the, the descriptions, like it sounds like a like a reptilian swamp thing hybrid type monster. I don't know. Like it's. Some of it's pretty extraordinary, but then like you see some of the, uh, have, have you ever watched uh, any like the the little like video clips and stuff of people supposedly catching a chupacabra? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them. They look like mangy dogs to me though. A lot yeah, of them do. I, with I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah there's one, I think there was like one that I saw that was like, was a little suspect, but it, it definitely still looked like an animal with mange, you know? Yeah. You know, I've actually seen, unfortunately, this coyote before that was starving and had scabies when I was driving to work one day. And uh, yeah, and man, that thing, it looked creepy. I mean, it looked really creepy. It was like really skinny and thin and you could totally see like its spine and bones and it had like very little hair. Um, but you could tell it was a coyote. You could tell it was a coyote. And and the thing was, it was in the city. So it was pretty far from its natural habitat, probably just looking for some food. Yeah. And that's actually one of the um, foremost explanations, which I think actually could explain some of the sightings. Some of the sightings. Maybe the 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 rash of sightings. Right. Because what, what scabies are, it's the same thing as mange or whatever. Um, it's like a mite or like a, like a skin parasite. And it'll like, it lives under your skin, I guess. These little micros, I don't know. I think they're microscopic or very, very small. And it causes you to, you or a dog or a coyote or whatever to lose all their hair or most of it. And in advanced cases, it'll lose, uh, you know, the animal will lose almost all of their hair and it can cause like a stench. And it could explain some of these, but some of these, it really can't explain. And it's not going to explain some of the descriptions like the, the spines on the back and like some of like, I think we mentioned some of them were reported to be even be flying. Some of them looked like apes and monkeys. Like that's definitely not a coyote mm-hmm. with mange, you know? Do you guys read about Chuby? Chewy? Chuby. Chuby. Chuby the Chuby Cabra? No, I did not read about Chuby. Yeah. So this was in the, let's see, 2014 reported in the independent and was on the news. I actually watched the little news clip and uh, there's this couple in Texas, Bubba and Jackie Stock. Mm-hmm. who claimed to have caged a baby chubacabra and their neighbor concurred. That was when Arlen Parma, he said, you know, he'd been on, been in the area for years, had dogs, you know, been on farms and he'd never seen anything like it. And so they, you can look at it. You pull up the video and there's mm-hmm. the little baby chubacabra. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't look mangy to me. It doesn't look like it has scabies. It doesn't look very scary either. I, I did see that video. Did I, you? I know which okay. one you're talking about. Yeah. 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 And, and I agree. It's like, it, like it was very dark gray skin mm-hmm. and like there definitely a, a, a lack of hair. I mean, the, the, whatever the, the little dog thing was, was definitely had very little hair on it, 
but it was it was weird looking. I I mean I couldn't tell you what it was, but it looked yeah. like a a small. I don't know, Creature. maybe a fox, fox or maybe a hybrid, or coyote or something. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it looked weird. Hmm. I'll put a link. I'll put a link. Yeah. Oh, we got all kinds of links for this episode. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Probably forget half of them, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get half of them for you, and that ain't bad, right? That's right. Yeah. So some there's actually a lot of a lot of weird descriptions on these. So I read about one where um, like a police officer saw, he was investigating some sheep that had been killed or whatever. And he saw a strange creature hiding in the shadows. And uh, it was humanoid, three feet tall and had orange eyes. He chased it, but as it ran off, it emitted a foul odor that was so strong that it kind of incapacitated him. Which like, I, I just mentioned this because I mentioned that like the mange can cause odor and that might explain some of these sightings, but on the other hand, I can't imagine mange causing an odor so strong that it could incapacitate somebody, you know? What a badass, too. You know, he sees a chupacabra and he's like, I'm going to run after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be running the other way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the odor itself is usually described as, uh, it's, it's not just this one. A lot of people have said that there's this strange odor. And it's generally described as like battery acid, like sulfur or paint thinner, mm. which is kind of... That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's kind of weird that, you know, something an animal smells like would smell like chemicals, right? I don't know. Yeah. That's because it's actually a demon. When oh. demons appear, there's a sulfur oh, smell. Sulfur, yep. That, hey, is, sulfur. that is one of the theories. Well, I've, hey, I saw Supernatural and that's true, you know? Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Yeah, they have demons on that show, and they um, always smell like sulfur, right? I don't know. I've only seen a few episodes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> good show, good show. They did, is that, is that the show see. where the guys drive around like in a classic car yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, they drive around like... What kind of car is that, Agent Anderson? Oh, okay. I forget. Oh, no, it's the black one. Yeah, like, what, what kind of car is I don't is think that? I've seen enough of the show to, to know. Let's see. The Sweet Ride is what it is. Car. I read they're like... Uh, they're like pretty close. Like they're brothers in the show or something. And then, you know, they've been working on the show for a long time. And, and apparently they're really close, like best of friends, have a really good time doing the show. Yeah, they do seem to have a good rapport online or I mean on screen. Okay, so uh, the internet says it's a 1967 Chevy Impala. That's right. Impala. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I forget. It's been a long time since I've seen the show. And I'm not like... I, there are some classic cars that I like, but I'm not like super knowledgeable about each and every model. Like some people who are into this stuff, they could tell you literally, they could see a car from any year and they could tell you that's this trim level this year of that car. It's like the knowledge that these enthusiasts have is pretty impressive. I am not one of these people. I just like cars. <laughs> you know, there was a 1960 episode of Bonanza that featured a Chubacabra. Really? Yes, really? but in this case, oh, it was referring to a creature that sucked milk from mama goats, hmm. not uh, huh. one that sucked blood. So, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was there was an episode of the X Files from season four that featured the chupacabra. Only uh, I watched it earlier when I was taking notes. Um, I, I was kind of half watching it, but from what I gather, uh, the chupacabra turned out to be um, mold. I guess. Like spores or something like mold spores. Yeah, so it wasn't really mixed a chupacabra. with an enzyme. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I remember that episode being a lot better 
than it was <laughs> like when I was, you know, a teenager. That and I remember I was like, oh, I was really looking forward to it. I really enjoyed it when I was younger. And then I watched it and I just, I did have this feeling of just disappointment. It has not aged well. Yeah, well, it was kind of, I swear it must have been, I, I, I bet you could look this up, but it had to have been written by somebody who writes soap operas or something. <laughs> you know? It's a lot of crying. It's like, yeah, there's two brothers who are both into the same lady and the lady's the one that dies in the beginning of the episode and then the one of the brothers is trying to kill the other Wait, brother. I have and... a brief synopsis here. Oh, you do? Okay, Hold excellent. Hold on, I'll try and do it in my movie voice. <clears throat> A desperate illegal immigrant becomes patient zero for a mysterious illness on the run from INS, the FBI, and his own brother. Migrant farm worker Maria is suddenly killed by a bright flash of light and yellow rain. Agent Scully finds massive fungal infections, but lo locals are convinced it's El Chubacabra. And Mulder, of course, thinks it's... Big pause... Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and just to give you an idea of how strangely written this episode was, I don't want to say poorly written because, you know, I am a fan of the show, but um, it was strangely written. For example, they go to the jail to try to find somebody who's uh, like an INS jail, you know, or I don't know if you'd call it a jail, but it, holding, holding center cell. or whatever. So they go there and they're talking to one of the guards. And uh, like, I think Mulder asks the guard, you know, is this guy here? And then the INS agent has to translate into Spanish because apparently the guard only speaks Spanish. I'm like, wait, this is... This it was, is and it was on the American side of the border. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was an American holding center. I was like, wait, why doesn't this guard speak English? I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> this is the strangest episode I've ever seen. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty special, yeah. Yeah. And you know what, too? I was thinking in today's culture, it would never be produced. Uh, I don't know about that. It seemed... I don't know. It's very kind of stereotypical and uh, maybe there's some cultural, what do they call it? Cultural Stereotypes. appropriation going on. I don't know. I don't think it would ever get made. But it did, um, it did seem to portray the immigrants in a way that was like their lives are very hard in a, like a very sympathetic That's way. That's true because at the ending of the show, they say something like, you know, they might as well be invisible because nobody cares. Right. Well, they kind of said that throughout the entire episode, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Like how these people, like they, the suspect they're looking for escapes a couple times and then they go, oh, how come we can't find these guy? You know, th these guys are this guy. How come we can't find this guy? And then that's what, you know, Mulder says or whatever. Where did he go? And then the INS agent will say, oh, they're invisible. Nobody pays attention to them. Like, what? No, that was a foot chase. He's, he's not invisible. <laughs> what the hell are you talking yeah. about, dude? <laughs> he's not a shapeshifter. He, he yeah. went to the, the wild yonder and turned to the mist. Yeah. It's, well, it was actually, I thought it was a little heavy handed with the, um, with the uh, illegal immigration aspect as far as like, oh, these are invisible people. Nobody likes them. Nobody pays attention to them. And I don't know. It kind of got in the way of the story a little bit. It's like, I get it. Their lives are hard. Quit beating me over the head with it and tell me a good story that demonstrates that rather than just saying it over and over again. You know, that's how you write a good script. You don't say it. You show it. Well, it's a, it's a sci-fi show, right? Well, it just because it's sci-fi doesn't mean it has to be bad writing. It yeah. does well, it. I mean, like, what, what does one have to do with the others, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not always common, right? I don't know. Right, when I think yeah. sci-fi show, I think, you know, like, the stuff that I love is, like, like, like a outer space type type of scenarios, you know? Yeah. Well, but, this is X-Files. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any, how many episodes you've seen ETA, but they'll switch off. Whole, 
Not a whole lot, to be honest. They'll okay. they'll do. Uh, they do have like um, a lot of shows with aliens and stuff, but they will occasionally do like a creature, a creature feature yeah. or like a creature of the week episode where it doesn't really tie into anything else. It's just sort of like a weird creature episode. You know, like they they did this one, for example, or they did one that was kind of a ripoff of John Carpenter's The Thing, where they went and um, to the Arctic and they got infected by parasites. <gasps> that and, was a good one. Oh, that one was oh, creepy. Oh, I like yeah. that one. And they, they when did I was it. younger, I remember Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah, that's that was yes. a good show, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah, on Netflix right. now, yeah, actually. Yeah, they brought it back. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which it's the, the coolest thing about Unsolved Mysteries is that they actually made shit happen. They reunited families, long lost siblings, solved murders, solved murders, caught criminals. Like that was a really cool show because they had an actual impact. They actually did stuff, which I think is just the coolest thing. It's the bee's knees. Yeah. If you're ever going to bring something back, I mean, that's the show to bring back, right? Oh yeah. All right. El Chupacabra. Let's get back to it. Oh yeah, that's right. Do you want to do a couple more sightings from the 95s? Uh, yeah, so I read about another one where a witness saw a strange animal in a tree. It had a round head, black eyes, and a tiny mouth. Its skin constantly changed color. It made a hissing noise that made the witness faint. <laughs> then it jumped to the ground and <laughs> wait, wait, ran wait. off. The witness fainted, so how do they know it jumped to the ground and ran off? It uh, made them feel faint. They oh, didn't feel faint. Feel faint, okay. Yeah, it made them faint. It, uh, I guess that I could have worded that a little better, actually, yeah. Made the witness feel faint, <laughs> and then it, then it jumped to the ground and ran off. There you go. Spooky. Yeah, the, it's weird because there's so many different variations of the El Chupacabra that it's hard to say that it's actually just one creature, right? Yeah, no, I have yeah. a description where the Chupacabra has large oval alien type eyes. Right, and a lot of the sightings did coincide with UFO sightings, right? I did not know that. Oh, you did not know that? No. I didn't either. Yeah. They apparently coincided with the UFO sightings. And this is why a lot of people think that the El Chupacabra might actually be extraterrestrial. Or one theory I came across, I I think Agent Ether might also have this theory, so I don't want to necessarily burst her. Oh, I have a list of theories. Why don't we save those for the end? Well, then I'll go ahead and do this one. One of the theories I ran across was that the El Chupacabra is actually was like a pet on like an alien spaceship that landed or crashed or something and it escaped and it runs, it ran loose and it's not an alien, like an intelligent alien. It's like an alien's pet. <laughs> I was like, that's a really fun theory. I like that or one. Or maybe they released it intentionally. Maybe they did. You never know. You never know. Uh, let's see what else we have. So we're still on 1995 here. Um, there was another, so there was kind of like a little bit of a gap. And then, so we're talking about what was the original wave was in March. Let me go back here a little bit. Yeah, March. Yeah. That was the original sightings in 1995 were concentrated in March. So a couple months later in August, there was another rash of killings. Did you talk about the August killings yet? I think you probably mentioned them, right? I mentioned them briefly. Briefly. Yeah. So that's is when 150, uh, 1995 in August. But one of the important things about this particular wave of killings was that we get a witness named uh, Madeline Tolentino. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but um, and this a lot of people, uh, specifically skeptics, 
say that this witness is the basis for a lot of other sightings, like how people described it, which I'm kind of skeptical of that. Like I wasn't able to trace, you know, where each witness got their description from, but they say that her description is an exact match for the movie Species, which I haven't actually seen, but uh, it was out in 1995, a little bit before the sightings. And uh, I looked up some pictures and the, go ahead. I, I uh, welcome anybody to Google this right now. If you're not familiar I'm, I'm with this do movie. It right now. Yeah. Google uh, species alien. Is, is that the one where they're in the spa and she like turns into an alien? Am I thinking I, of the right one? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but oh, okay. I looked up a picture and it looks uh, exactly nothing like the Chupacabra mm-hmm. descriptions. I tell you what, though, man, that alien's got some powerful nipples. <laughs> yes, it does. Look at that. Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> Look at those. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, that's, uh, that's some Ren and Stimpy level nipples going on right there, dude. You know? But, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't see the connection. But, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing it. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know, dude. I guess it's just these skeptics go, well, they made a movie and there was this creature in the movie. So that's the Chupacabra, I guess. It's sort of, you know, if you listen to this show, you've heard this before, you know. (laughs) Uh, I don't have a very high opinion of what some, some skeptics are good. Um, Those good ones, I'm not sure, I'm not aware of them. But in general, their explanations are um, pretty ridiculous and they don't really address what the actual witnesses are saying. And look, if you want to say, look, I think all these people are lying, you can say that. But to say, oh, the Chupacabra, that was inspired by this alien from this movie. It's like, what? It doesn't look anything like that. That's not what people are describing. No, it doesn't. But anyways, that's uh, one of the foremost witnesses. And one of one of the earlier witnesses with a description was Madeline Tolentino. So if you know anybody wants to look that up further or whatever, I just I thought it was worth mentioning. And that was in the town of... Um, Canovanus. Canovanus? I don't know. I'm probably saying that wrong, too. (laughs) It's awful. Okay, in America, we don't learn foreign languages. It's it's just English. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, none of us on this show that I'm aware of really speak Spanish. Otherwise, we might have a better idea of how to pronounce this stuff. (laughs) ¿Dónde? (laughs) Mucho gusto. Me llamo Pelón. Oh, hey, apparently ETA speaks some, uh, so, so. Hey. I don't know what that meant, but uh, I probably should edit it out just to be safe. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, you know, I said, I basically kind of said, hello, my name is Bald or like, oh. I have, like something like, something like that. Oh, that's not I so call, bad. I call, yeah. It always surprises me how many individual Spanish words I know. Yeah. Like, well, for example, I used to actually, uh, most people don't know this about me, but I used to actually bus tables at a restaurant and, uh, you know, you work when you're busing tables, you work in the back end of the restaurant a decent amount and in the front end and in the back end, you know, you got like a lot of cooks and a lot of bus boys are Hispanic, you know, and, um, they would say strange things to me in Spanish, which I'm not going to repeat, but I did learn a few words that are probably not, uh, for polite company, but you know, it was all good. What I would do is I would string together. I didn't know what the words meant. You know, sometimes I would ask, but I would just sort mm-hmm. of put together these random curse words that they're using at me and just like say it back to them. <laughs> and I probably came mm-hmm. up with some really bizarre sentences, I'm guessing. <laughs> ah, good times. 
I, it was it was a fun job. A lot of great people. Although I do not miss bussing tables. I will say that much. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see. I was talking a little bit about uh, about the descriptions. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention was that there does seem to be some regional variation with the chupacabra descriptions, which I thought was really interesting. So in the United States, it's mostly reported as looking like a dog with mange, right? That's the basic description that you, if you want to categorize it, it's the dog type like chupacabra. Like in Texas, like on that side yeah. of the border. And in, in, um, like in the, in the, uh, like Mexico and Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico and like South America, mm-hmm. it's a lot more common to see like the reptilian description, which if, if you see like artist depictions of this thing, oh dude, I would crap my pants if I saw that it's, it is mm-hmm. like, okay. So the, the, the United States version. Yeah. That's creepy. Like the South American version and the Mexican version. Yeah. No, you I don't, don't want wanna, anything to do with that thing. <laughs> you don't want to get that in a dark alley. Fuck that thing, dude. <laughs> want nothing to do with it. Yeah. All right. And then one, one other theory that I ran across just to sort of transition from the, from the descriptions or actually, no, this was my own theory. I didn't run across this. It occurred to me that um, because it has so many different ways that it's been described, like monkeys, dogs, uh, even like kangaroo-like or whatever, there's so many different descriptions, even flying. Some people reported flying chupacabras. It takes so many different forms. I thought, what if it's more of like a spirit that can shapeshift or something, you know? Or or what if it can possess animals and it distorts them or, you know, makes them like monstrosities, twisting them into something else when, when it possesses them. Right. So that, I mean, cause like all the sightings sort of look like an animal that's been like sort of made into a monster, like a, a monstrous dog or like, you know, a monstrous monkey or something like that. Maybe, so it's maybe like a, maybe it shapeshifts because like it's, it's true form is like, like too hideous for like human eyes to even comprehend. So it just like, shapeshifts into like something that we can comprehend, you know, right. like a, a rabid looking dog or something, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure I can't, I can't be the first person to have thought of that, but I didn't run across it anywhere, but I just thought it was an interesting idea that, you know, why are people describing so many different creatures? It's almost like it could be like three or four different cryptids that they're all just calling the chupacabra. You know, they're so different from each other, but maybe it's a shapeshifter. I like it. All right. Did you have some more witness stuff or something for us, Agent uh, Ether? Yeah, sure. If you're interested, I Heck have yeah. a photo that shows a Siamese cat with a single puncture mark through the skull that they're blaming on the uh, chupacabra. That was in 95 and on December 18th. And then on December 21st, also in Puerto Rico, 44-year-old Osvaldo Claudio Rosado was washing his car. He was grabbed from behind. He tried to fight off the intruder, which he said was a black-haired gorilla about five feet tall. He had cuts in his abdomen, possibly torn by fingernails or claws. Huh. Yeah, I like that sighting. Because there was actual interaction, which Mm -hmm. is very rare. And it was interaction with uh, a human. Normally, we don't read about the chupacabra attacking or hurting humans. It's predominantly livestock. Right, yeah. So there was, uh, there was that one. And uh, let's see, what else do we have here? We have in Isabel County, Michigan in 96, which is Michigan. kind of far. Michigan. Really? 
Eight calves were found frozen and dead. Two were skinned of their hides from head to hooves. Six were skinned off of all their hives from neck to hooves. All were black and white Holsteins, and they were all a few weeks old. And I don't know why you'd blame that on the chupacabra, but here it is in my chubby timeline. So I just thought I'd mention it. That one doesn't really seem like a uh, chupacabra thing. No, but we also have a report in northwest Miami in a rural area in March of 96. Something killed 40 animals, and one woman saw a dog-like figure standing up with two short hands in the air. He was like, he was putting them up, you know. I did it. I gave up. Sorry. (laughs) My bad. I was drunk. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. (laughs) I blacked out. Sorry. (laughs) So, and we have additional reports in Miami as well with... Wounds reported up to a fourth of an inch hole, similar to a biopsy puncture that extended completely through the muscle tissue. And at least in one instance, the wounds were pronouncedly cut through the inner tissue almost to the bone. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at, at this case, one of the things that's kind of weird, you do have these waves of sightings, right? And some people will say, oh, well, as soon as it gets reported on the news or the radio, then all of a sudden people are seeing it. On the other hand, we do have actual physical evidence that these things are happening. So it's not like it's just being made up, right? You do have these dead carcasses and you even have pictures of them. And it's, I think it's maybe you're getting some hoaxes or some people reporting it just to kind of have a laugh. But on the other hand, maybe people are seeing weird stuff. And they're like, well, yeah, I saw that too. And because it was on the news, I'm like, okay, other pe- I'll report it too because other people are, you know? Yeah, a lot of the witnesses who I read about talked about how after they reported the chupacabra like to their friends or their family, they would get made fun of. And one of the women who wanted to remain anonymous was saying at work like the that his coworkers had taken him to calling him El Chupacabra. Hmm. And uh, so people don't want to come forward. Yeah, that's actually a very common theme. I think Mm -hmm. we've touched on it many times. For example, in our last episode, we read a letter where somebody didn't want to be named as a UFO witness because they didn't want to deal with the ridicule and whatnot. Yeah. And that was all the way back in the 60s, you know? So it's it's unfortunate, but it's a fact of life, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, after that, don't the sightings kind of taper off? Uh, Well, yeah, there's... So I found there was a lot in like 95 and 96. Mm Mm-hmm then they taper off, but they do come back. Like even today, you still see them reported occasionally. And I I wasn't able to do like a statistical analysis, but it seems like their chupacabra sightings, they're sort of these spikes like every 20 years, right? Which is kind of weird because you like, you have the ones in the seventies, then you have the ones in the nineties, and then you have some in like the mid two thousands again. And you kind of wonder like, is this sort of like, like, does it hibernate? Or is it like this cycle of, of like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It, I don't know. Well, I don't Whatever it is, it, def- it definitely cycle. travels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, know. yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There have been reports all over the world, not just for, in the yeah. Americas. Yeah. Well, shit. Like in uh, what started like in, in 2006 uh, in Russia, there was a, a string of reportings of uh, cattle being mutilated in, in that same way where they were found drained of blood. And, and I think there was some in a, a close area, like some like some like a hundred kilometers, like uh, or kilometers. I'm I'm sorry, uh, um, south of uh, Moscow, I think, was a, a farming community, and they lost something like 30, 30 head of cattle or something like that, or hmm. different animals. I'm not, I'm not sure if they're all the same, you know. But 
But yeah, I remember stumbling across that little tidbit. And I remember, I mean, it was very surprising. It was like in freaking Russia, really? Hmm. Yeah, but well, of course, that, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that that sort of overlaps quite a lot with cattle mutilations in general, because even some of these chubacabra sightings could be categorized more as under the category of cattle mutilations rather than maybe like a cryptid killing. And uh, we'll leave that for another episode because that's its whole thing. And I, I definitely want to do, well, I'm on the fence about it. I do want to talk about the cattle mutilations. But on the other hand, you got these animals being killed and it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. Too, yeah, a whole you know? hour of mutilations. I don't know. It's a bummer, man. I don't want these cows are cute, man. We, we got cows where I live in Sonoma County. They're all over the place. You drive through, they're on the hills, you know, just Happy sitting little there. dairy cows. Yeah, eating their grass and stuff, just having a good old day. I don't want to see those guys getting exsanguinated by aliens. That's not fun. You know, that's not a good time. Damn vegan. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not a vegan. I just don't want to see. Damn hippie vegan. Cows being probed and mutilated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the only time it's ever funny is when it's on South Park. Right. Yeah. Did Hello, they, my baby. Hello, I'm pretty my sure they had like some chubacabra <laughs> episode on South Park. Yeah, they did. It, no, it was yeah. a jubacabra. A juba, that's really bad. We probably should not talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Hey, <laughs> hey, South Park gets away with it, but we are not South Park, so let's just go ahead and leave that one. Right? <laughs> True enough. True enough. <laughs> I have not seen that episode personally. Yeah, so. I don't know. I was reading about it earlier. Moving I don't know if I've right seen it. right along. Yeah. <laughs> let's, not, let's not touch that one with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> oh, I love gefilte fish people. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. What else you got for us, Agent Ether? Well, I have an interesting story from 2007. All right. There was a nutritionist, Phyllis Canyon, and she reported to the Huffington Post that she had something she wanted them to see. Something had been killing her chickens, 28 of them exactly, ripping out their throats. And a few days later, she found on the side of the road a corpse of a dog. It was tough. Hairless with blue skin, a pronounced overbite, and only three toes on each foot with hmm. patches of skin on either side of its tail. Hmm. So here we go. Actual physical evidence. She called it her Texas blue dog. She had it stuffed by a taxidermist, and there it sits in her living room. That's weird. <laughs> I wouldn't so, want that thing in my living room. No, or would you? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Nah. <laughs> maybe maybe in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> so she said she had it analyzed, and it turns out it's a bred breed of a uh, hybrid of a coyote and a Mexican wolf. And animal control expert in Houston, Claude Griffin, said people were actually breeding and releasing different kinds of dogs hmm. in order to create this hype around the chupacabra. But why? Fun? I don't know. Get on the I news and be like, huh. that's my dog. I don't know much about breeding and releasing animals, but I imagine it takes some work to like breed animals, right? It's, in fact, seems like an awful lot of work to go through for just a hoax. <laughs> well, you can go online and see this stuffed doggy, and uh, it doesn't look like a dog. Looks like chupacabra. Yeah, well, I could see somebody breeding a dog, and then the breed they're trying to make a new breed, and it just doesn't work out, so they release it because they're bad people. But releasing something specifically to hoax a chupacabra, I'm kind of skeptical on that one. Has anybody actually come forward and said that that's what they did? I don't think so. I don't think so. It seems a little far-fetched to me. I don't know. 
Well, and also within the, the taxidermy industry, there's a lot of you know creativity. Sometimes yeah. it, or it you know it ends up being very well very well pulled off. You know, are I mean? you so it looks saying natural. this is a hoax? Because I was very excited. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm not trying to poop on the parade, but you know, hey, the jackalope <laughs> is real, all right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's that's a, another taxidermy, not hoax. It's real. Maybe we'll do mm-hmm. an episode sometime. <laughs> episode on the jackalope, <laughs> dude. Let's do it. You know what? Yeah, let's do it, dude. <laughs> That'd be a great one for like April's April first, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it> would. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think about that. We need to think of something fun for April first. Yeah, that yeah. The, I I was I thought of something this year, but it was after it was like a week after April first. You're like, damn like, it, damn it, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe next time, maybe well, maybe we'll do something next time. Yeah. All right. Well, we are uh, we're well over an hour actually. Yeah, but yeah. I still got my theories. Oh, you got more theories. I got That's some right. Theories. We haven't even done the theories yet. I know. We gotta go on and do the. All theories. All right. Let's. I. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about theories here and there, but why don't you go ahead? Let's get into it. What are your theories? Okay. These are not my theories. I would just like to make it very clear. <laughs> these oh, right, are theories right. I found. So a lot of people thought it was a weird science experiment by NASA. NASA? NASA, right? Okay. And NASA, it was it was such a problem that when uh, Brian Welsh had to come out and publicly deny that they had anything to do with it. And he sounded really annoyed. Like in his statement, he was just like, you have got to be kidding. He said, first it was the face on Mars, then it was weather control, and now you think we're making chupacabras. He just sounded completely disgusted by the whole thing. But the fact that he responded publicly at all is just fucking amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That There there was actually that much pressure to do so. Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. that's That's hilarious. That is great. I love it. And some people I am a supporter, though, of, uh, <laughs> of NASA. I'm sorry, sorry. You're oh. a supporter of NASA or weird science? No, I'm a supporter of the the, uh, the possibility of there being obelisks on the obelisks on the moon. Oh yeah. So by weird science, do you mean like more than a handful? You're liable to sprain a thumb. Weird science, or do you just mean like the field in general? Just yeah. Okay. The field in general. Just asking. And some people think that the uh, origin of the HIV and AIDS came from the chupacabra. What? what really? Yeah, I swear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and not really? only did I read about this, but it was reported on on the news. I watched a lot mm. of news clips about the chupacabra, like on on uh, YouTube and stuff. So well, that, that's hilarious. That was reported on, and some people feel that it's just satanic cults performing rituals. Okay, that that one is not quite as far out of left field as the previous one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we mentioned the blood-sucking bats and then also just lab-created chimeras. So not people breeding dogs, but, you know, labs in Puerto Rico purposefully breeding these animals. Right, which specifically the labs we're talking about would be U.S. military or government labs because um, I I mentioned it earlier to make them a state. And the reason is because Puerto Rico is actually a territory of the United States. And we have, it's kind of like a state but not really. And we have a lot of like, uh, supposedly, I haven't really looked into it that much, but we have like military bases there and we can do experiments and stuff there. And we can do stuff there that would not be legal to do here. Right. Well, isn't and it somewhat of a, a tax haven too? I don't know about that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I don't know much about it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I haven't, I haven't looked into that aspect at all, 
But I have read from time to time that they do have like military bases and labs and stuff there. So that's kind of how that ties into to this particular theory is that um, it could be a good place to do experiments on uh, on chimeras. And apparently the only rainforest in uh, United States territory, you know, whether it's the continental or whatever, is Puerto Rico. I guess they do have a rainforest there. And supposedly rainforests are where you want to develop chimeras, like, I guess, is where that goes. Is like, I don't know. Like like the freaking uh, island of Dr. Monroe and, and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's kind of where they're going with that. I'm not sure why you need a rainforest for that, but that's kind of the theory, I guess. <laughs> Biological experiments. And that's what I got. Okay, those are your theories? All right. You got anything else for us, Agent ETA? Man, I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> I mean, like uh, the thing that stands out to me is the number of sightings all over the damn place, mm-hmm. and the 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 similarity in some of the uh, mutilations. You know, so I think there's something going on. What it is, I couldn't freaking tell you. You know, I because because like the 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 actual evidence that we see, like some of these like dogs or animals that look like uh, they have mange or they have like a dark gray skin or like you know the blue skin or whatever. You know, um, they don't look to me like they would do the type of damage that has been described you know right so i don't know i don't know what the hell to think about it to be quite honest i think there the, the something something definitely has happened you know as far as these like like you said before these farmers aren't lying and why would they harm their own animals they just they would have nothing to benefit from it mm-hmm. you know so i don't know what the hell is going on man like it could be maybe aliens doing uh, studies you know on uh you know the life on this planet and it's just one of the life forms they happen to be interested in you know Mm-hmm. Let's kill these cows. Yeah, or goats or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, maybe maybe they're using a, I don't know, maybe they have some cow blood fueled uh, coffee machines up in their spaceships or that something. That actually know. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that, yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they blood maybe cow. you know for them maybe for them taking showers in cow blood like is cleansing, <laughs> very cleansing, you know, it makes them feel very fresh and clean. Oh my. That's, that's what they do Saturday night, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my theory. Maybe yeah. you sell it on the black market. <laughs> Maybe it's worth a lot in outer space. Hey, you never know. Dude, Soul three special cow blood. But Amen. yeah, that's that's one of the crazy things about this case. So I thought this would be like a real easy case. Like, all right, let's do an easy one this week, and you know, just it, we'll just talk about El Chupacabra a little bit. I was expecting there to be not really a whole lot to it, but it's one of those ones where the more I looked into it, like we could do several episodes yeah. on this. Like we've barely scratched the oh, surface, yeah. barely. There's so much interesting stuff. And like, there's like, there's just so many different ways you can look at these cases and it goes in so many different directions. You know, you could look at, uh, you know, the mass hysteria angle. You could look at the similarities between certain sightings. You can look at the physical evidence of which there is a tremendous amount. You can look at, you know, possible explanations and, uh, there's just it goes on and on. Like this is a really interesting case, and I wish I had more than one week to kind of research it, but unfortunately I don't. So I guess personally I'm just going to leave it there. Just saying that um, I guess if I had to sum it up, there's a lot of weird stuff happening and a lot of people seeing strange things. So I'm kind of of the mind if a lot of people are reporting a lot of weird stuff, you don't necessarily have to take those revor- reports at face value. So if people are reporting some sort of mythological beast, they may not be seeing that specifically, but when a lot of animals are dying strangely and a lot of people are seeing strange stuff, 
something weird's going on. It has to be something strange and out of the ordinary. What that is, who knows? But this case has a lot of weird stuff about it. Yeah. That's kind of, well, it's, kind of my summary. It's crazy. It's crazy though, too, because like you know, a thing like 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 perspectives. I I can tell you, I I've seen enough like uh, ghost hunter shows where, you know, I obviously know that people can freak themselves out even if like you know, I mean, they, they could just do it on. Uh, some people can do it on cue, you know. Yeah. You know, get yourself goosebumps or something. But e- even if you're being like you know, if you're genuine about it, you can freak yourself out like, uh, and your mind can definitely play tricks on you for sure, you know. Yeah. And and some people, I think some of these sightings may just be they they saw something that was just a, a regular one of the mill animal that's in their area, you know, maybe a deer, maybe a who knows what it is, you know. But like a, from their perspective, they saw something that was you know a little out of the ordinary, and like, holy crap, that's a chupacabra, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's a, that could be a, a maybe a small percentage of these sightings, at least, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of possible explanations, and that might account for some of the wildly different descriptions. But yeah. it's hard to just dismiss all of it as being, you know, somebody imagining it or somebody freaking themselves yeah. out. But I definitely think that could explain some of it. Yeah, yeah. For well, for the sightings, but the the mutilations and the killings of like the livestock and stuff. Like, I mean, that, that's that's much much harder to explain away. You know, because. Right. Some of those those uh, injuries to the livestock were very particular, and I, I, not being an expert, I couldn't tell you what the hell did it. You know, right. I mean, whatever did it was a very particular type of impact or bite mark or whatever it was. You know, yeah, and I, I'm not aware of predators that are just going to attack something, bite it once, and then run off. Right? They're going to like tear it up and eat it and stuff. You know, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, right. And if they're not hungry, they're not going to attack some something. Right? They're not going to waste the effort and the risk well well i have heard i have heard the stories about the uh the super packs of wolves up in siberia like in russia and stuff like doing like bloodlust kills hmm. from like whole like herds of elk and stuff you ever heard about that no that's that sounds, crazy that's not yeah that sounds weird <laughs> oh man yeah I, I, I don't know how true this is but i, I remember hearing uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was a youtube uh, video or some some bullshit that I saw, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's not like not the most credible source, whatever it was. But you know, from what I understand, there have been very large packs of wolves in certain areas of uh, northern Russia that um, have gotten to the size where they they end up just like killing whatever they come across because you know in a wolf pack there's always competition, you know, and that that uh, I guess whatever you, you could call it like a society, I guess, <laughs> you know, yeah. the way that wolves work in a pack, you know, there's always going to be a certain number of them that are going to be competing. So, uh, to, you know, get to alpha status, of course. And, and, um, yeah, that, that's for some reason causes them to go on bloodlust runs where they'll just kill a whole herd of, of a deer or elk or something and eat very little of it. Hmm. You know, I would imagine though, in general, that's probably the exception, not the rule, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 This isn't like an epidemic that's that's happening in Russia or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Supposedly, it's happened in a couple areas. So I'm like, I imagine if a coyote is going to attack a farm animal, they're going to attack it to eat it. They're not going to waste the effort to attack a chicken or yeah. a goat, and especially yeah. something like a goat that carries some risk. I bet. I bet co- goats probably kick like a bastard. So there's a chance that you could get injured sure. attacking it, right? So the coyote's not going to just do that if they don't have to. Uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. 
Well, and if they do, they're going to have a plan too. Coyotes are not dumb. You yeah. Know, their game is survival every day and they have to think about it and, and figure figure out how to do it. So, right. You know, coy- I mean, I've even heard like, you know, in some areas where you have coyotes and, and, you know, human like backyards, uh, backing up to some open area, you'll have coyotes that will actually like befriend a dog and like lure the dog out, like thinking like the dog thinking like we're just playing, you oh, know, no. right here all of a sudden they get surrounded or something, you know? Oh, poor doggies. But, yeah. but I mean, I mean, I'm just saying like, they're not dumb, you know? So, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> that's a sad story. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's pretty much all I have uh, for this week. You guys uh, have anything else for us? Good to go. All right. I don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Don't forget to check out our brand new discord server. Pop in and say hello to the agents who I'm going to try to wrangle the other agents. So far, I'm the only agent in there saying hi, but I didn't even tell the other agents that I set it up, so it's not their fault. Anyways, Mm -hmm. drop by the Discord and say hello, and uh, if you'd like to help the show out, you can do so by suggesting us to your friends. Keep it strange.